morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Divination Table. I'm your host, Michael Lennon, and our guest tonight has been practicing various traditions of witchcraft since his late teens. He's been and given spiritual consultations since the age of 19. He was born with the sight of clairvoyance, as well as being able to see shadows, and felt otherworldly presences since he could. He's a medium of the Misa Blanca tradition, as well as a Sansenista and a Santeracita. All from the Puerto Rican traditions, you know, which are as beautiful and as colorful as the people, you know, rich that particular island. So let me reach out to our special guest, Sansista Brujo Luis, and bring him on. Hola, how are you? I'm so happy to have you. Hello, Michael. Can you hear me? I can. And I know everybody else can, because I had that all fixed. (laughs) Good, good. Good to hear. It's good to hear you. I've been waiting to get you back on. You know, I do apologize for the first show where we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, that was not a fun show. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't meant to be, but hey, we're here now, right? That we are, and I'm so glad that you joined us, you know. I met you, uh, how many years ago now? I would say three years ago. Down in the boogie down. Bronx, <laughs> yes, in the Bronx. <laughs> and and we had such a good time, I and mean, we met some great, fantastic people down there upstairs from Original Botanica, and you exactly. were having your Misa down there as well. So I wanted to start off the show, you know, asking you to explain for people that may not know, you know, what a Misa is, you know, what is it that people do during a Misa? Well, it depends because it depends on the culture, but in Puerto Rico, Misas is more what they call it in the Cuban culture. In the Puerto Rican culture, we call it una velada espiritual. And a velada espiritual, what we did in the Bronx was a Misa. Right. Okay. Which, which was to communicate with the spirits. Uh, we didn't necessarily work the spirits for anybody else. We just brought the spirits down and the spirits gave, a, you know, talk to the people that were at La Misa. In the Puerto Rican culture, we do veladas espirituales. Veladas espirituales is when we bring a spirit down to either remove black magic, to remove a curse, uh, to, uh, help enlighten a lower level spirit and energy that is stuck. Uh, so that's what we mainly do in Puerto Rico. But a misa, like I said earlier, is that, that what we did in the Bronx, where we had all the, the publico is the people who sit in the pews, and then we have the altar in front of us, and we have the mediums, and each medium brings down one of their spirit guides uh, to communicate with uh, the public uh, for many reasons, whatever the public wants to ask the spirit. And it's important that during these misas that it's run and you know, effectively managed by mediums that are very well seasoned. Exactly. Well developed. Right. Exactly. Because Developing you know, I was going to say, because you don't know unless you have been fully trained, you know, exactly what you are bringing down or what you are connecting to. 
we're always taught uh, where, as when we're learning uh, to become mediums or develop mediums that you got to be careful what you call when you call to the world of spirit because they all listen. Do you understand? And they'll all come. And you don't want 90% of those spirits that roam the earth, you don't want them coming because a lot of them are boisterous spirits, gluttonous spirits. Uh, bulones would be like um, menacing spirits. So we want to make sure that each medium who's developed, they bring down their guides, their spirit guides that are often a, of a rank of elevation. It's important that, you know, as mediums, know what we're connecting with, that we know what our guides are, you know, who it is that we actually work with. Um, exactly. Because it is true, you know, I mean, I live very close to a cemetery. I always have to be careful because, you know, those spirits still roam. You know? Oh, yeah. And when they see light, just like every spirit, they go towards that light. And if they know that you're a spirit of light, and you're opening up portals, you know, they will start coming unless you know your proper prayers, you know, your grounding, your protections to only ask and acknowledge those ones that you absolutely know. That you know and that are part of your spiritual, what we call a spiritual court or a cuadro espiritual, which is a spiritual frame. And each person is born with a spiritual frame. A lot of people know their spirit guides' names. Uh, many people don't. Uh, and that's fine. It doesn't matter that you know their names or you do know their names. What you should acknowledge is that they, they are there, that they're present. A spirit guide that is of a positive light will always make you feel comfortable. Uh, you know it's not a spirit of your quadra spiritual or your spiritual quadrant when it makes you feel uncomfortable. When it's an uncomfortable feeling or you just feel that nervousness, it's like something's wrong. This spirit doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. Right. And it's important that you can pick up on those nuances. Oh, yes, definitely. So how did you get into divination? You know, I know it goes way back to childhood. Yes, it goes way back to childhood. I was born uh, when I was little uh, communicating with what they call the imaginary friend. And, uh, you know, my mother didn't think nothing of it, you know, but then she started noticing that um, – I was doing sign language behind my back. I would put my, I'm going to put my, if my, I'm doing it right now. I'm putting my right hand. So it was my right hand. I would put behind my back and I would, I would write down words that the spirit was telling me. And my mother was very nervous. So she contacted my grandmother and my grandmother was like, you know, she just, she interviewed my mother. Is he okay? Is, do you see anything normal? Does he, is he sleeping well? And blah, blah, blah. So she told my mother, okay, after everything was fine, she goes, don't worry, he's desarrollando, he's developing his medium gifts. Uh, and since he is developing, you know, and he comes every summer here, we will begin to train him to develop his, his gifts, his dones, as we call it in Puerto Rico. You've been doing this for how many years now? Oh, my God, since <laughs> I can remember. Uh, when I was very little, uh, I was a solitary kid, and... I would see spirits like I would see humans. Uh, the first time, I mean, I could speak with them and I could feel them, but the first time I started to really see them physically was when I was around six or seven, and I got hit by a car. And this is a long story, but I got hit by a car, and I was in an ambulance, and there I saw a spirit 
Uh, and then in the hospital, I saw a spirit. To this day, I have phobias because I was always a, a sickly child. I bled a lot. Uh, and I was always in the hospital. And being in the hospital as a child, I would always see the spirits roaming around. I knew, I began to realize, okay, these are not, they're not the same as my mom and dad, that they're physical, that they're alive. That's when I started realizing that they were different. Right. It's a, that's a tough thing as a child, you know, sometimes, especially in a hospital. I still don't like hospitals. I don't. I have a phobia for hospitals because I spent many of my, I was born very sick. I was supposed to be completely blind. I still have problems with my eyesight. And for, by the grace of God and my spirit guides, I'm almost 50 and I can still see. Uh, but I always had, uh, I was a bleeder. I was a bleeder and, um, you know, they literally, I would always be in a hospital because once I would bleed, it, it wouldn't stop. Do you see what I'm saying? And then I was a reckless child. So here I'm roaming, roaming the streets like a, like a crazy Puerto Rican kid getting hit by cars. So that's another headache. My mother would have to take me to the hospital. And it's there where I started seeing, noticing wandering spirits, spirits that would wander the corridors. Yeah, those are the ones that are stuck that don't know where they're going and you know often die a lot of times in those same areas that they just wander exactly you know, so exactly now you are initiated into sansei um, and you're a santerista um, i always have a hard time pronouncing that word Okay, so yes, I was uh, baptized and I received my puntos in Sanse in the 21 divisions. Uh, and in in Venezuela, uh, when I went to Venezuela, I went with a banco, Mario Lucero. Uh, he brought me to Venezuela and there the spirits took me in when we did the trek to La Montaña del Sorte. So... All my life, everything that has to do with spiritism, espiritismo, or spiritualism has always attracted me. I always like, I'm always very interested in the various cultures of how people interact with their guides. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, you know, I'm all over the place wanting to learn. And, you know, part of my show, you know, I love divination. So it's like all forms. Everything I right. gotta look at, everything I can learn, everything I can peek into, you know, all those things that I'm actually allowed to, because there are certain things you have to be initiated into. Right, right. You know, so, you know, I can't throw, you know, chamalongos or, you know, do divination according to Palo or other traditions, you know, or use an IFA mat because I'm not initiated and I don't know and have those connections. Exactly. Well, most of my divination is through tarot, unless um, a client wants. A lot of times, I, I could be sitting with a person right now in front of me. I have a, a glass of water, I have a candle, I have my composition notebook, and a number two pencil. And a lot of the times, when we're little, we're taught. You know, I remember when I was little, uh, one of my grandmother's friends. She had a fuente. A fuente was a glass of water. And she said, what do you see in that water? What do you see in that water? And I was little. I didn't see nothing. I just saw water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but she was testing. She was testing to see how much of a clarividencia I had. Uh, but that's one of the main forms that I use daily, just talking to people. Because a lot of people call me, and if they want a reading, then, okay, we set up an appointment and I give a reading. But when I'm talking to people or giving advice to a friend or family member, 
I'm listening to my guides. I'm listening to my guides and I'm asking my guides, what's the best advice I can give this person? And like I said, that's one of the forms of divinations that I use the most. They always had an issue with the water. You know. Yeah, oh, we, we were taught that from little, because you know in Piritimo, water is one of the main focus of the altars, and then, of course, the candle next to it, and then that's what we were taught. But yeah, I remember when I was little, I, she made me look in that, it was, her name was Doña Consuelo, and she's like, what do you see in the, in the Fuente of Water? And I'm like, I just see water, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but now that I was older, when I started developing more, I understood what she was trying to teach me to see how developed I was at that stage. I was young. I was six, seven years old. But at that stage, if I, if I could read, because often a, a child who's part of a family of espiritistas, that's the first thing they ask you to see. What do you see in that water? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, they always have to test that's you. When, I'm sorry? I said they always have to test you and see exactly. when you're ready to really mm -hmm. start taking the next steps. Right. I mean, I find all of this fascinating. I mean, you know, I, I, I love to delve in and learn everything, you know. And now you do. I know you do more than just tarot, but I know it's your primary. And right. What particular decks do you use primarily? I primarily use the Rider Waite. Um, I've been just since, since the moment I picked it up when I was eighteen years old. Uh, that's just. That's the, 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 the oracle that I like, the, the text that I like, uh, or a tarot a writer clone. And I use La Baraja Española for more the older people who are more intimidated with the tarot. You know what I'm saying? They're like intimidated with the tarot. Yeah. So then when a, a Puerto Rican lady comes to my house and I ask them, do you want el tarot or do you want la baraja? And they often say la baraja. Uh, and so then I just cast la baraja for them. I do palmistry, I, not as much as I used to because my eyesight is getting uh, worse. Uh, I read the egg, I read el tabaco smoke, um, and stuff like that. So as a developing spiritual person, a person wanting to get into divination, what do you think is one of the most important things that pretty much every diviner really should have as they begin their journey? A pencil, a pencil and a, and a notebook. Um, and I always tell people, one, one of the first things that, like I said, with the water, you will notice in misas and sesiones, we always have a, people with notebooks and pencils. And when I have a misa espiritual, everyone needs to participate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And oftentimes I place a notebook and pencils in front of everybody. And I say, whatever you feel, you write it. I don't care if it makes no sense to you. Uh, you don't question where it's coming from. Write down what you're getting. I had a session, a misa, a session, a session is a seance. I had a seance a month ago and there was five people my, around the table. And I told them, listen, we got notebooks. If you get messages, if you feel anything, please write it down. It might not make sense to you at that moment. At the end of the Misa, we will give everyone a time to read down, read what they wrote. And if they feel the messages for anybody around the table, uh, there was this young gentleman who was on the table and he was he had this was the first time he's Puerto Rican. He was the first time he did it. 
And he literally, before the session started, he literally wrote down, a, he drew, he drew a picture of a spirit walking with a cane. This is a 16-year-old Puerto Rican kid uh, who had never been to a session. He wrote, he drew a, a, a person with a cane. I didn't see that. He was across the, he was across the way from me. But during the session, one of my spirit guides, guides came down. And that spirit guide needs to walk with a cane. So he had already drew this before the spirit even came down. He so I always tell people... connected. I, I'm, I'm sorry? I said he is definitely connected, spiritually. Exactly. So I always tell people, start with... Uh, even on the phone, on the phone, I like to... Right now, I'm doodling and doing stars and number eights, and sometimes words just come out of my hand and I just write them. And usually when I hang up with a person, I look at the words, see what, it, what I wrote... Uh, maybe there's a message that I need to give to this person. Uh, so I always doing, tell people start that way. You're doing automatic writing. Yes, we call that la clave espiritual. What are you picking up from me? No. <laughs> right now I'm just getting eight, eight, eight. Well, I can tell you what I'm picking up, but a lot of it's going to be private. So I'll just, I'll tell you after we hang out. <laughs> you know. As a person that does uh, divination, I mean, you do divination for specific things. I mean, you don't do just regular tarot readings most of the time. I mean, because you have a very large clientele, you know, from a Puerto Rican background. Right. So a lot of yours are more spiritual, you know, what people need to know in reference to certain blocks, you know, if they need cleansings, you know, things right. of that nature. Most of my clients don't care if they're going to win. The, well, I'm sure I do have clients that care about that. But most of the clients that sit down on my table is because they have a spiritual problem. They have a spiritual blockage and they need me through the cards or sometimes I don't even need to throw the cards. I just start doodling and I give them a, re a recipe. This is what you need to do. This is what the, maybe you can light a candle to this saint and we can click or you can cleanse with this and you can purify with that. Um, that's the way we do it. It's, fixing problems. So divination in the Latino culture is a little bit different from, I noticed divination in the United States because divination in the United States is more like fortune telling, like, oh, you're going to meet Mr. So-and-so and blah, blah, blah. While divination in the Latino culture, you have this problem. This is why you have this problem. This is how you can fix that problem. And, you know, and I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, in a lot of my shows, I always touch base on, you know, there being a difference between being a reader and being a diviner, you know, right. being a fortune teller is being different than being a diviner, because often it's not just, oh, am I going to get the job? Oh, how come, you know, is this person going to come and call me tonight? You know, are they the love of my life? You know, things exactly. of that nature, you know, as a diviner. We look at the how, the why, what's causing, how can we get over or past or through this particular block and what's holding these people back. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, that a lot of divination has to do with that. Uh, when a client comes to me, they usually have a problem. I try to find the root of the problem. Um, why is that problem there? Okay, that problem is there for this reason. This is what you can do to fix this problem. Do you see what I'm saying? But I don't get me wrong. I do get people who who wonder, is this the love of my life? And uh, if my cards say no, I'm gonna no, it's not. 
the devil card and the and the tenor, it, it, the devil to me is the devil period point blank in the story i don't make it but if i don't make it something pretty does that make sense to you yes uh because they, they pay me 30 dollars a half hour so if the devil card comes up and the ten of swords comes up and the nine of swords comes up that's a warning and i need to give that person a, a, the warning okay this is the warning but remember it's not etched in stone it's letting you know what you need to see and how to fix it yeah and that's a big thing with you know being a diviner it's that step that people need to have you know i mean i can throw cards all day long and say yes this is going to happen that's going to happen no this is not but it doesn't touch what they need to know about hey how can i get to this why am i right. not getting there you know and that is what i feel is the most important thing and often i'm sure that you'll agree that during a reading or a session what the client's coming for has nothing to do with whatever message spirit's bringing to them. <laughs> no, pretty much no. You know, or sometimes it's a message that they, they don't want to hear, but they know it comes down months past and they're like, you know, thankfully you told me what you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. You told me what I needed to hear. Exactly. You know? And that's the big difference is, you know, they get, what spirit deems as the most important, you know, information that they need to know at that particular time. Exactly. Hey, my friend Erica Robinson joined our chat group. And I just wanted to bring this up because Erica, I've known for many years, you know, from a lot of different groups. I've watched her develop her reading skills as a Lenormand uh, reader. She just started as one of the co-hosts on a podcast called Third Eye Unplugged, and that's 3RDIUnplugged.com, where they also discuss, you know, things of a psychic insights, the occasional dose of uncommon sense, you know, metaphysics physics, you know, a, a lot of different topics. So you can always go and check her out there. You know, I love Eric. I've known her for years. So I had to just throw a little plug in for her show because that's literally just coming out. Um, just let me know about it yesterday. And nice. Did you know our friend Emmy also just launched her own Arrow by Emmy uh, Tarot Courses? Nice. Yes, I've heard about that. My godson was actually talking to me earlier about that because his wife and Emily are really close friends. And so Emily has been tutoring or teaching his wife. So I'm excited for that for Emily. Emily, Emily rocks. I love Emily. I love, I love Emily. And if you're interested in learning, you know, anybody that's out there that's interested in learning how to read tarot cards from a absolutely beautiful, wonderful, down-to-earth, very spiritually connected and gifted reader, you know, check out tarotbyemily.com. That's tarotbyemily.com. You can't go wrong with Emily. Absolutely love that woman. Well, that's an, another thing that I want to say because you were telling me earlier, you know, we dabble when we're younger, we dabble, but you need to find your foundation. What is your strength? You know, uh, I, I've dabbled in many things and some things worked for me. Some things didn't work for me. Espiritismo is my foundation, is my rock. It is who I am, what I am, what I'll always be. I don't care if I become Hindu or whatever. Espiritismo is my foundation. But I was telling Emily once, and I don't remember the conversation we had, but I said, Emily, your strength is tarot. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? You can, you can throw bones, you can try to learn tobacco, but tarot is your foundation. That's the way you do your messages, and you have a beautiful gift. And so I like to tell people they need to find that foundation. What is your foundation? What, you know, it's okay to learn this. It's okay to learn palmistry. But what is the most important thing is that you're giving the message to the client, do you see, and that you get strong in, in that form of divination, in that form of oracle. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, I go all over, you know, because I love everything about divination. But you uh-huh. got my my base of everything, you know, very much like yourself. Even though I'm an initiated Hungan in Haitian Vodou, you know, I've got Elekis, and I've been initiated into Santria. My go-to has always been Espiritismo. It's always exactly. been working yes. with my ancestors, my guides, my white table. You know, even when I was doing, you know spiritual work right I of did course a lot you know with my own ancestors they did a lot of work and those are the ones that come first before everything else right right so i completely understand that and i think that as diviners i think people also need to have a solid foundation and a solid base exactly with their guides I- and their ancestors well, one thing about me, and, and I don't know if this has to do with divination, is that whatever I've learned in my life, it, it's part of who I am. Uh, I notice in today's cultures, you, you learn something that's like, let's say you were Christian in, Christian 20 years ago, and you learn their, their, their laws or whatever they call it in the religion. And then you say, okay, Christian religion is not for me no more. I want to be Hindu. I want nothing to do with Christianity. Now I'm Hindu. Nah, I'm different. I like to keep that Christian element of me, my brujo side of element to me. Everything that I learn becomes, it makes me the man that I am today. All those mythologies, all those lores from every religion, it just makes me the person that I am. And when I consult and divine for people, not all my people, not all my clients are Latino. I do have people from India, so I need to know uh, a little bit of a background of their spirits. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, not all my clients are Africans or, or Asians, so you have to have a, a good understanding of that person's religion, that person's uh, what what they can or cannot do in order to help them. And that's one thing when it comes to divination that I think people should learn. If you don't want to be the religion, that, that's fine. But learn the mythologies and the customs of these religions because it will help you help clients better. I will agree with that. I mean, I've been, you know, Christian, Catholic. I've been baptized in Baptist churches, you know, Vodou, Santeria. I've studied shamanism. And all of these, I'll call them life lessons, you know. Right. Are they, are like, they are life lessons. Upon, you know. So... I can look at something and know that somebody is more Native American. And exactly. I know I can draw upon more information and things that they can understand, as well as things that may not go against their own tradition. You know, not everybody can cleanse themselves, say, with a bird. Not everybody exactly. can you know, use certain plants or eat certain foods or, you know. So just as there are countless numbers of different types of people you draw upon everything and all of your experiences you know through your mediumship and your readings you know to divine and to help everybody exactly and if you can't refer them to somebody that can exactly so 
Terry is Japanese, so if I don't understand, if I'm consulting a client who has a quadro that's very Asian, I don't know. I don't know too much about the Asian spirits or the Asian gods, so I tend to bring Terry along. Okay, Terry will explain that because I don't know that much of the Asian spirits. Like what you, what you said, if I don't know, then I try to find a person who will help or guide them. Not everybody. I can't just. I'm going to throw this spirit out there. I can't sit, I can't have a Catholic person over here in front of my table, and then I'm going to say, oh, you need to light a candle to Ganesh. And they're like, who the heck is Ganesh? Uh, There's no faith, there's no connection, it's not going to work for that person. Right, and it has to be based on their faith. You know, hypnosis, we do the same thing in hypnosis. You know, when we Mm -hmm. are working with a client to try and help them to relax, to get into that state of hypnosis... We are working with that person's belief system. Exactly. To help augment and bring them down into whatever particular state. You know, so it's important that we understand that everybody has that different faith-based plane that they work with. And their belief system plays a huge amount and a big role in anything that they're going to do. Exactly. And that's one thing about Espiritismo as growing up that has always attracted me because in an Espiritismo culture, Espiritismo is not a religion, and Espiritismo exists in all parts of the world called by a different name, uh, but it, it, every culture has its mediums, every culture has its um, its form of communicating with the ancestors, with the spirit guides, and, and there's Quadros. Quadros are, some people might have spirits that are uh, Native American, some people might have spirits that are African, some people might have spirits that are Celtic. I have a Celtic spirit guide. So in order to understand that spirit, I need to understand their religion, their culture, their music, their food. Do you understand what I'm saying? In order for me to connect with that spirit much better. It's like, you know, developing a new friendship with somebody. Mm -hmm. You can't really develop a friendship if you know nothing about them. Nothing about who they are, where they come from, what they like, they don't like. You know, without that, you have no connection. You just have basically an acquaintance that pops in from time to time. Right, right. So I do think it's all important for you know all diviners to be able to you know take the time and study. You know, and study and learn about their clients. What are their clients? what do they believe in and, and 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 you don't have to believe in what they believe in but have some knowledge of what they believe in in order to help them because it's not about you it's about you helping that client uh, most of my clients need help so it's whether i believe in their religion whether i i believe in lucifer or not you know what i'm saying i have to respect the client that, okay that client believes in lucifer let me find a way to help that person with that entity or that energy right and you know, it's not always beautiful, pleasant. You know, these people come a lot of times with real outright problems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't sugarcoat things. I mean, yes, you can choose the words that you use, you know, to give them the information. But okay. you still have to give them the actual info. You can't just, right. you know color-coded it's all rainbows and unicorns you know because life's not it's messy a lot of times right i wish it was that easy for me a lot of my clients have complex um problems 
and it's I come out drained at the end of the day because it's so much. It's a, it is a lot. But when they sit there, they paid me whatever they paid me. I give them 100%, and I make sure that if I can't help them, I lead them to a place where they can find some form of help. Yeah, and that's the important thing. So what else do you use divination for? Divination? Well, first of all, I don't know if you can omens. I mean, I was talking to my, my godson today. I, I'm, 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 an omen, I'm an omen fanatic. If a crow follows me, that's a message. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, if, if the clouds are, are in a weird shape and I pay attention in it. and So I use divination in a lot of things. Um, you know, and, and the, just basically like right now, I'm right, right now I'm talking to you. I always did that doodling. It was a form of, uh, you know, automatic writing. Yeah. It's just getting messages. Maybe, maybe we're just talking right now, but maybe there's a message that you need to know. So I always doodle and I just, it's just part of who I am. Well, you know, speaking of omens and signs, you know, last week I ran to the grocery store. And on mm-hmm. my way home, I took a turn that I don't normally take, you know, and it was a last minute decision to take that turn. And I drive not even a block, almost get to the stop sign and out right in front of me. And this is the first time I've ever seen this in my area in Troy, because, you know, there's a lot of houses, not a whole lot of trees. Right. Pecker. Car window height, pecking on a tree. I slowed down and I had my window rolled down and I looked out and literally it stopped pecking, turned and looked at me, looked back at the tree and started pecking again. Right, right. And See, I, and that's, that's omens. I had a godson. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I've never seen a woodpecker. So I had to look up, you know, what uh-huh. woodpeckers were, you know, and spiritually, at least on the Native American side, you know, a lot of times it represents, you know, opportunities knocking. Right. Or it could literally be me banging my head up against a wall, but I like to take <laughs> exactly. it the other way that, you know, opportunity is coming. It's right there. You know, it's not very far off. Well, I had a godson a couple months earlier and he said, Padrino, you know, I'm, I'm sitting outside having, uh, no, I'm sitting in my kitchen and in the window, I'm having my coffee in the window. I see a crow and it's standing by, and then all of a sudden the crow flies away and this during the day. And Padrino, I swear to God, not a couple seconds later, an owl flew on the same branch. And I told my godson, that is a sign that you got to be careful because something is going to come to you that's going to bring you problems because you know that owls and crows are enemies. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So be careful with someone who's going to bring you problems. The week passed, and as that omen happened for him, he got you know a clue of something that could have brought him problems from an old friend. And I said, remember that that owl and that crow, that omen was a form of divination telling you something is coming your way. You know, pay attention. (laughs) I tend to not pay attention to signs and omens. Um, I only did this time because, like I said, I had never seen a woodpecker in my life. Right, right. I've heard them, but never saw one. You know, for it to be... Right where it was at that time, and for me to make that last-minute decision to take a turn I don't take. Exactly. That, for me, is definitely a sign because, like I said, I don't normally take that turn. I'm the straight guy, you know. I go to the very last 
turn before my house and then I take my turn. Right, this right. Time I went two blocks, took a turn, and then went the other ten or twelve blocks that I normally go. You know, but it was meant for me to see. You know, it's it, it was meant for you to see. Most uh, omens and signs are meant for us to see. We just ignore it. You know, these things that our ancient ancestors really focused and paid attention to. Today, we're taught to block it. You're gonna, you know, block it. It's, but it was meant for you to see, and most signs and omens are meant for us to see. And that's also a form of divination because, you know, signs and omens are also, you know, put there by it's for, it's, it's Yes, it's foretelling you a message that you need to pay attention that something's coming your way or, or you see what I'm saying? So it is a yeah. form of, of divination. You know, and it's just a matter of sometimes what I like to tell people is, Getting out of your own way so that you can take a good look at everything that's actually going around. You know, stop and smell the roses. Take a break. Right. You know, look at life the way that it is and see the beauty that God and Spirit has put here on earth so that you can accept whatever messages come through. You know, far too often we get stuck in our own minds with work and family and issues and friends and drama, you know, that we can't effectively give somebody a good spiritual message unless you know how to pull yourself out of your own mind. Right. And one of the ways to do that is to have a very good, solid foundation with your guides and your ancestors. Yeah, you know, I noticed that... um, Facebook is one thing that is just so much drama. I don't pay attention to that. I'm I'm so busy dealing with my clients' issues and, and trying to find them problems. And a lot of people are getting into all these fights. Put that aside. Focus on yourself, developing your gifts, developing your, your talents. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but like you said, you know, we're focused so much on 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 all these dramas and all that, you know, at the end of the day, 99% of what we're drowning on is just a, it's, it's like a cup of water. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. something that's going to come to fruition. So focus on stuff that is re- that really matters in your life. Well, you know that you can drown on like two tablespoons of water. I'm sure that's someone all, can. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes. And sometimes, you know, we let trivial little things, you know, interfere. Exactly. So I know that you've written a book. And mm-hmm. I know that there's another one coming. I'm hoping. Uh, it's just that uh, after that book, uh, I, I just became, I, I, it's, it's incredible the, the doors and the opportunities that that book has uh, presented to me. I've uh, become so busy. You know, it's, it's so hard because during downtime, I want to look, I don't want to look at nothing that has to do with writing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just want to watch a movie and, and, and not focus on nothing. Uh, when I wrote that book, actually, uh, you're the one who got me first on, 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 you're like, you know, you need to go on radio and, and then you should get a book out there. You're the one who was one of the first people who was telling me that. That's but that me. Op- <laughs> yeah, but that opened up a lot of blessings. And it's so hard for me to, you know, being a father, being a partner, uh, having clients, and trying to have some form of social life. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to balance everything out. 
Yeah, but you know, way back then, you know, when I was speaking to you before, you know, on the other show and we were discussing things and I was telling you that, look, this is what I see and this is what you really need to do. You know, it came out to quotation. And you were, you, was, you were giving me a reading right there, right then. You know, but there was a reason for that, you know. Spirit exactly. had bigger things in mind for you than you had thought and anticipated for yourself. You know? Exactly. And I've loved watching, even though I disappeared from Facebook for a while, you know, I love watching from where you were and where you've come now and how big everything has blossomed and flourished for you. Right. You know, it's It's one of those things that, you know, I'm grateful for any message that I can pass along to every person. Exactly. That's that's what makes us, that's the reason why we do what we do. You know, to, to give a message to a person, to help them, to alleviate maybe a stress, a problem. If, if it really does feel good, you know, to somewhat, somehow be a part of helping a person. You know, I think... For me, the greatest thing is watching somebody develop. Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing the changes and the growth that somebody has. And it's not even about, you know, I helped. It's just seeing the actual changes. And exactly. Watching people connect with their spirits, open up, get rid of blocks. Or even sometimes, you know, take a look in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe I really can do this. You know, mm-hmm. what is it that I'm not seeing that all these other people can see? Right. And it does have a habit of changing somebody's mindset, move them in different directions. Well, that's why I tell people, I tell people, stop dreaming and do it. Uh, one thing I do uh, in my life is I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a big dreamer and I'm a big doer. If I dream something, I'll do it. And if, if it doesn't work, I can look back and say, okay, I did it. I tried it. It didn't work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> move, on to the, move on to the next thing. I don't like to think, oh, what if, what if, what if. I like to think and do. I'm a big dreamer too. Unfortunately, I don't always do what I dream. <laughs> right, right. Of course, I don't always have the time. But, you know, I just recently started teaching. Mm-hmm. My friend Karen from Australia of Tea with Karen just launched her tea card divination courses um, in which I am co-host. Uh, I'm sorry, co-teaching her nice. courses with her. You know, so people are interested in learning about tea card divination, which stems from tea leaf readings, then you can go to teawithkarin.com. That's K-A-R-I-N, because she spells it a little bit differently. You know, and you can look up some of the information on her tea card courses. It's all based on symbolic divination. Mm. I'm going to take a short little break. I'm going to play a quick song, and we'll be back in just a couple moments with some more talk. If you can bear with us. Celebrar tu día 
And we are back with our special guest, Sancista Brujo Luis. want to take a moment to say thank you to some of our guests that joined us in our chat room. William Burnham, R.K. Gomes, Erica Robinson, as well as Adriana Roman. You know, for taking the time out to come and join us here. R.K. says, hey, Sancista, what a great show. I'm having a great time. Thank you. You know, so let's get back to some divination. You know, I know that you read the tarot a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know it is the Rider Waite because, you know, that's one of the classic decks. You know, I think it's one of the uh, easiest decks for people to start with. Exactly. You know, I have issues. Well, you probably know I have issues with a lot of different things, but <laughs> when it comes to cards, I have to find the right deck that isn't too over the top. You know, start with something easy. You know, don't exactly. go with something that, you know, like the Thoth deck. I mean, it's a beautiful deck. But unless you have the foundation from the beginning, you know, there's too much into it. You know, what are some of your tips that you want that you would give somebody that's just starting out in divination aside from, you know, a notebook and a pen? To really learn, you know, well, you know, uh, one thing is practice with with your family members. That's the way. When I started, uh, when I was seventeen years, eighteen years old, I was reading for everybody. Uh, anybody that wanted a free reading, I was reading everybody. And my godson's wife, the same thing. I'm like, read, just read for your family. Uh, the more people come to you, and like, oh my god, what you said to me. It, 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 that, it came true. It, it gives you confidence in yourself. Uh, 99%, and I'm still read today. One thing up to, I need to tell everybody, I've been doing this for 30-something years. One thing is that before a reading, I get that doubt inside me, like, oh, my God, am I going to give this person a good reading? Or am I going to be horrible at it? But as soon as I go on that phone or that person is sitting in front of me, I give them one, 100%. And I just don't doubt myself. I go with it and I just keep going until it's over. And don't doubt yourself is what I tell people. Don't doubt yourself and practice. Practice with friends. Practice with family members. You know, anyone who who wants a free reading, practice. You know, take them with you. Carry them. Take them. Oh, yeah. Take them to lunch, you know, sit down in the coffee house, you know. Have a random conversation with somebody as you're actually just throwing cards. Right. Yeah, you have to trust in yourself, you know, and you have to understand the meanings, you know, from a base level. Right. And it could only be one or two key words for each card. You have to memorize. Yes, a key word opens up. uh, It it opens up the universe for more, and that's what I tell people: learn one key word from each card, and don't be, don't vomit what a book says. Don't open, you know, if you're vomiting what a book says, it's okay, eh, but learn that one key word and from that one key word, create, just go from there and, and, and listen to your intuition. Right, because, you know, intuition is your connection, you know, exactly with your spirits. It's how your spirits communicate with you and translate the information coming, you know. It's like giving your friend, hey, we've got a secret decoder message. Here's the key. 
you give them the key and they translate and they give you the information. You have to decode the message, exactly. You know, so I'm not saying anything bad about book meanings because you do have to start with learning the basic oh, definitions. exactly. And that's how I learned. Uh, but you know what's so funny? That reading the title 30 years later, I went back to a, an old book, you know, I think one of those, you know, those little books that, and I'm yeah, like, oh my God, my interpretation for the card is totally different from what that book says, but it works for me. Does that make sense to you? Well, and I give the person the message that what it is, you know? Right. Well, because, you know, everybody has their own style and technique. Exactly. You know, I tell people, even my own students, look, you will never read like I read, and I don't want you to. I want no. you to read like you read. You, know, you have your own personality. You have your own gifts, your own life experiences to draw upon. I may or may not have many more years of those same experiences, but those are my keywords you know, exactly. that help translate things. So, you know, I look at different cards from different systems, and I have people tell me that, well, you can't read this intuitively. Well, I kind of beg to differ because I do. You know, exactly. And that's what works for me. You know, it may it, not be it, a textbook. It, it, yeah, it's worked. For, I'm not what it works for somebody might not work for somebody else. What works for one culture might not work for another culture. And the way I read, I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but like I said, I give them 100 percent and they come back. I don't promote myself. It's very rare oh, that you see me promote myself. You know what I'm saying? Because my the way I promote myself is giving a client the best reading they can get from me and they come back and they promote me. Right, they give the word of mouth because there's nothing exactly. better in a diviner's bag. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to call it bag of tricks because it's not. It's you are getting people coming back because they see the value in everything that you do. They see the expertise, they see the knowledge, they see the compassion, which is something you have to have. You have to have compassion with a lot of the people that you are going to read for. Put yourselves in their situation to say... Put yourself, exactly, put yourself in their situation. Because these people, a lot of times, you know, they need... And we can't all, you know... Just do a reading and say, this is what I see. Thank you very right. much. Well, one thing I notice that a lot of people say is that I'm very humble, that I'm very approachable. <laughs> that when, when They're very nervous to come get readings for me. And when I read for them, I treat everyone like I treat a friend, like a long friend. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm no better than anybody. Uh, and I like to make people feel comfortable. My, It's so important for me that I was taught that you treat people like that. You treat people that you guys are equal, you know, because at the end of the day, we are equal um, and th that they should feel comfortable when they come to you. Yeah, I mean, that's an important thing. You know, when I first met you, you know, well, I mean, I talked to you a lot prior to physically meeting you in person. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, you talk to somebody online and they're this particular way. And then you meet them in person, and they're like a totally different person. But right. when I met you, it was what you see is what you get. 
it was the same person that I had talked I, to. It was like meeting an old friend. One thing about, about me, I love people. I love people. I love meeting people. When people come up to me in places that it, it surprises me that wherever I go, people come up to me. And uh, you can ask anybody. I'm I I'm I'm so happy to meet you. How are you? And and, and let's talk. And I and I've I've embraced people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I you know I, that's just the way I am. You know I just love I love to meet people. And and you know I loved meeting you. I mean you were so down to earth. And I, I looked at it, I was just like you know here's a person that walks the walk, talks the talk. They're the same, whether it's online or in person. They're very humble. They're very down to earth. They're so full of the love of the spirits that they work with and what it is that they do that you can't help, like I did, you just can't help falling in love with a guy because, you know, he's just one of those, I'll call it infectious people in a good way. Well, that's the thing. That's the part of my tactic of, 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 of when a person comes to, my, to me, they need to be healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes yes. they need to be healed. So in order for them to be healed, they need to know that they have a friend in me. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to criticize them. I'm not going to treat them any less than who I am. I'm no better than you. I've been through the same situation. 99% of the clients that I have, I've been through the same exact experiences. I will sit there and say, Honey, I can talk to you because I've been through that, and here I am today. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, so I speak to experiences. All the experiences, whether good or bad, have made me the man that I am today. I would not change a thing about them because they've made me strong. They made me. They make me help clients. You know, I've been through it through it all, uh, and it's kept me humble. It's kept me grounded, and. That's when people come to me. That's I, I need to make sure that that's something I, I give them. You know, I have to bring this book thing back up again because I keep getting poked. <laughs> right. Maybe it's my own spirits that are doing it. You know, I'm waiting for that book on the La Baraja in English. I've been writing that for <laughs> years and years and years. And then I, I started writing another book um, and I got this uh, writing on that and this and that. But, you know, I, I'm still, I'm, that's there. I know it's going to come when it's going to come. You know, I do, I do place, I try to place an hour or two it a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I try. I really do try. I know you. Uh, but I know when, when it's time for it to come. And, like, when you first met me, I was a blogger. I can't visualize how the heck did I blog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I used to blog every week. I can't fathom how that man at 30 something blogged because today I, I I just can't do it. Well, you know, but you do video blogs now. You exactly. Do, you now, YouTube. Now, now, so time, I do a little, I do a little YouTube. Yeah. You know, so I think you've progressed into the modern era of technology to embrace the more visual aspect. Bring right. in the, Hey, here I am. This is what I look like. This is what I do. This is how I sound. This is how I come across in everyday real life. You know, and I actually kind of think the video blogs are even better than a regular blog. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoy them. Connection. Um, but I, yes, I enjoy them. But what we're saying about the La Baraja or the book, I, 
I always wanted three books. That's that's my goal in my life. I want to produce three books in my life. Since I was young, I always wanted to write three books. That's a lucky number for me, and I know I'm going to get those done. I promise you guys that. <laughs> but I'm always doing so many things. But that will come. That will come. Okay, because you know I've been waiting. I know, I know. <laughs> you know. Um, so you have some things that you are going to be doing as well. Uh, you have some events you're going to. Well, let's see. I, w- I just came from Pagan. I call it Pagan Icon. I know I'm saying it wrong. That was in, um, well, I don't even know where I was. Minneapolis, Minnesota, something like that. I know I'm heading to New York uh, this summer. I think I'm going to Puerto Rico. There's a, there's a spiritual thing in Puerto Rico. And I was invited for 2018 to be part of a New Orleans uh, event. I still haven't confirmed it, but I'm still, you know, thinking about that. Keep your bags packed. Cause I think you're going to be doing a little bit more traveling next year too. Yes. Yes. You know, and I'm really happy to see that because, you know, that's one of the things that I've always seen is, you know, you doing more traveling, you getting out more publicly, um, right. You teaching class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and and not just on you know spiritism, but you know, like divination, developing your mediumship, you know, things exactly. of that nature. I keep seeing classes popping up in my head, you know, and next year is going to be a bigger year than this one. Well, I always oh, tell people, I know this is so hard because the greatest class for developing, desarrollando espiritualmente, spiritually, spiritism is being part of a templo or a centro. And that's easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just can't find those templos or centros. Or, you know, if you're part of a Santeria community or or voodoo, you know, a lot of people, they do interact with the spirits in their own culture. Uh, find these people. They, they're out there and, and learn how they develop their gifts. And, you know, because in the Latino culture, we teach... There's no recipe book on how to learn. Puerto Ricans don't say that you add a cup of this and you add a teaspoon. No, no. You do, you do what I do. You follow what I do. You know what I'm saying? That's how right. we teach. And, well, but, you know, a lot of people don't realize and understand in a lot of these traditions, it's not written down. No, you learn not. by sitting, by watching, by keeping exactly. silent, by being instructed, by being pointed at. Or as my godmother used to do, she wouldn't use her fingers to point. She'd use her lips. Right. You know, and it looked like she was blowing kisses, but she's really sitting there, pushing her well, lips out, which, pointing in a certain direction, going, hey, I need that. You know. Well, I have, this, I have this godson. He's from Puerto Rico. He's a flight attendant. And he's always, Padrino, I don't feel like I'm developing. Padrino, I don't feel like I'm developing. I'm not growing spiritually. I just don't feel it. And it's so funny. He came to one of my misas. And in one of my misas, I had a, a few of my clients that had read the, you know, the title for. And so I knew their situation, blah, blah, blah. So all of a sudden, here goes my godson. He starts giving evidencia. You, I see this, I see that, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the night, I was like, Brian, what you just did, I had to read cards for. And you just, you're developing. You have to have faith in your spirits. But he was learning. He was learning by participating in the in the in the centro, in the misas, in the sessiones. Right, and what they don't realize, you know, and I've run into this, you know, being in different traditions, you know, everybody 
wants or expects you to hand them a book. So here's all the information you need to know. Exactly. And that's another thing that I want to say is that you ever see Karate Kid when he was teaching karate, wash on, wash off. That's how yes. we teach. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah. think you're not learning, but you're actually learning something. <laughs> you know, that wax we, on, wax off thing. We teach and they teach in ways that you may not understand or comprehend, but there's mm-hmm. a reason and a method behind it because it gets you out of your head. It gets you so mm-hmm. you're not thinking about rules and formulas and anything else. It's just sitting there saying, bite your mind. Just exactly. let things happen. Here's what we push you to, and we just allow it to naturally develop. Because you can't rush it. You know, no matter how hard you try, if you want to be a medium, you know, if you want to call on spirit, have spirit come down to pass messages, you can't fight to make it happen. You have no, to you develop. can't. You can't. And a lot of people think that this is a glorious job. Uh, <laughs> you know, being a medium is one of the most exhausting things. Sometimes I wish I lived in a picket fence with a nice house and be a normal person. Uh, working the spirits... It, it, it's tiresome. It's it's not as glamorous as you think. You know, it, it's a lot of work. It's physical uh, work on the body. Divination in itself, taking clients all day long. At the end of the at the end of the, I mean, I literally have to take five baths a day in between clients. You know, because I'm always absorbing. You know, and <laughs> and I have no one to. You know, you're listening to all these people's whatever their problem or your. You you do take that into yourself. You really do take that into yourself. So I'm constantly cleansing. I'm constantly bathing. I I, I spend so much money on Epsom salt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, it, it's not as glamorous as a lot of people think. No, and it's not financially you know rewarding. You're never going to have a million dollar house. You're never going to have no. the best car on the block. But you will have a lot of things that those people don't. You know, if you do, if you do find a spiritual person who doesn't have all that, then you know that person's a charlatan. It's one of those people, like you know those those religious groups on TV that they're rich and their whole congregation is poor. It's a charlatan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's, it, that's just the way I view it. Well, I mean, I understand. You know, there have been a lot of times where even when I worked in the botanica, you know, if somebody came in and they really, really needed to be cleansed. Even if mm-hmm. they had no money, my spirits are like, hey, this person really needs to be cleansed. If that's exactly. what they're telling me. Out of my pocket it comes. You know, for well, that's the, we that's have the thing buy. that you, good good thing that you just said that. Because in the templos, in the centros, most of the people who come, they don't they don't have money. So they come to the templos, they come to the central, and everybody in that building at that moment either gets cleansed, gets purified, gets a message. Do you see what I'm saying? Get something. No one leaves that building without receiving something, whether it's a cleansing, uh, removing a spirit, a bath, or something. And a lot of it, we do it out of caridad, which is charity. And yeah, you know, a bath, like a church, a basket is given for donations. If, if you can afford a donation, you know, for, for the temple, for the candles and all that. A lot of people think that we make, you know, the, where I make my money is in my tarot, you know what I'm saying? But in my spiritismo, I, I'm not going nowhere with that. You know, I'm not, I'll, it is what it is, you know. So RK in our chat group wants to know what our um, 
think he's saying, what is our view of having long distance students? It's hard. It's really hard because in order, it, it's like having a long distant parent that you never met. And, and, and you, and you only have your parent, you need your mother, you need your father from the moment you're born to your 16, 17 years old, you need to have that interaction with, with, you know, because a student, I don't, I don't know. I don't call them students. I call them my, I my godchildren, their family. And it's so important for me to interact with them on a daily basis. They get to know who I am, how I am, not always spiritually, but just as a human being, you know, when my, when my, when my spiritual cape is off, um, so it's important that you have, you know, in Puerto Rico and in the Latino countries, it, every town had their brujos and their little espiritista that everyone went to, you know, um, and every family member had that brujo or bruja or espiritista. Students far away, it, it, it's hard because you, you just never have that connection with the godparent. And sooner or later, I've seen it 99% of the time, the relationship starts waning. I'll agree. My, my personal views on you know long distance students or god kids it is very simple. Find mm-hmm. somebody close to home. Find somebody that you trust and that you can get along with, that you can get to know. If they exactly. are at a distance, budget money to be able to see them on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. My godson lives in New York, and he, he came twice a year. And, yes, we do something spiritual, but most of the time we, we're just hanging out. We're just, you know, doing shopping, going out to eat, and then we do our spiritual things. But he gets to know me as a person. You know, being a godparent, being a, a, a spiritual teacher, you become like a... Uh, how do I say it? Like a like a parental figure, and that interaction, that physical interaction, is so important. Yeah, and if your godparents or your mentor or your teacher is a distance, budget money to see them. You know, you owe it to yourself. Be around them because every they can't teach everything that you're going to need to know without you physically being there. Exactly. Because we can give you words, but if we're not putting you through the work, if they're not mm-hmm. having you work at a, a spiritual table or joining in the visa, you know, mm-hmm. you're missing out on the most important parts of the development. You know, so find somebody that's a bit closer to home that you're going to be able to get along with, that you like, that has a good reputation. Do your homework. You know, research that particular person. And then go for a reading. Sit and talk exactly. to them. Get to know them. Let it develop like a friendship, mm-hmm. like you would any other person that you're bringing into your life. You know, Bingo. because not like when we are first born where we don't, Consciously have a choice of who our parents are. In the spiritual world, we have a conscious choice to make as to who Mm -hmm. we are going to have as our godparents. So it's important. You know, it's like adopting a child, but we're adopting parents. Right. So, how do our lovely listeners get a hold of you? 
if they should want a reading or if they need to schedule to come and see you for you know consultations or cleansings or spiritual work so I have my YouTube channel and lately because a lot of people are like you don't know how hard it is to find you so lately on my YouTube channels I put an email link where they can email me and then we take it from there and I also have my Facebook um, but I'm, I'm more uh, you know I'm just being careful who I accept in Facebook so usually mostly on my on my YouTube uh, I don't have a web page I am technically a lot of people are like you need a, a web page out there and I'm like I, I have no time I wouldn't even know how to create that but definitely through my YouTube channel you know I always have such a you know you said you're gonna be in the city later I'm thinking about year. going to New York yeah when about Ooh, I think it's this summer. Because, you know, my friend suppo- Karen is coming supposedly September, October time from Australia. Right. So I'm also going to be in the city. But I'm, nice, also planning, nice. I'm also planning one or two other trips to get down to the city to see some people. So keep me posted when you're headed down. Hopefully it'll be on a weekend and I'll know ahead of time where I can take off. Definitely, of course. Yeah, come and stomp around the uh, the boogie down. <laughs> oh, definitely. There's a couple couple people, you know, friends who have these local stores that I really want to go see. I know I was invited to Chicago. Um, she she wants me to. Uh, I can't remember her name. I lost her name. Nina Nina something. But she wants me to go to Chicago for her witches event. Uh, so I'm still considering that, uh, but definitely I know I'm going to New York because there's a there's a a friend of mine on Facebook has opened a store and I you know I want to I love to check people's businesses and, and I love all that kind of stuff. So who's Support the person them. and what's the name of the shop? I'm sorry. I said so. Who's the person and what's the name? Dominic. Of the shop? Dominic. Dominic has a shop. Uh, Dominic Guerrero. He's a friend of mine in in New York. And he opened up a shop, and I'm dying to go check it out. Dominic, he, he's a he's an awesome person, uh, and so I'm like so excited that he opened that shop. Nina, she owns a shop in Chicago, and I'm so bad with people's shops' names. But she invited me to a witches event, a witches ball in October. And she wants me to go because a lot of people in Chicago want to meet me. So I'm considering that as well. Uh, but that's in October. That's in late October. Then I have to be back for a Salem Halloween because a lot of people come to Massachusetts because they, they they think I live in Salem, which I don't. But I, you know, tend to be in Salem during that, you know, that weekend or that week of Halloween and to meet people. Got a lot going on. I'm oh, happy to hear yeah. that. You know, so before we wrap up, I just want to make mention because you know my friend Candelo Cambisa. Um, recently relocated to Texas. But I hear that it's 12 o'clock somewhere is coming back on Spreaker, you know, one of the longest running shows, you know, Candelo's Corner. So he'll be back. So keep an eye out on his Spreaker for it's 12 o'clock somewhere with Candelo Cambisa. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And would you like to say our final goodbyes to our wonderful audience? Well, everybody, thank you for uh, participating and listening to the show. I'm excited 
Michael deserves it. Michael's a great guy. I love this guy. Bottom of my heart, he's the one who got me, you know, to do what I'm where I'm at right now. So this guy's amazing. He's a he's a humble guy. Listen to his show. You did and, you did it all. All I did was just <laughs> open my mouth, and you did the rest. <laughs> yeah. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. You know, we'll be back again next week, same time, 7 p.m. Thursday, Eastern, you know, with some more talk about divination. And I'll be posting up some more information on the divinationtable.com where you can go and check out our full lineup of guests coming up as well as our contact page where you can contact any one of our readers any one of our special guests it'll have all their information in there so you will have a one-stop place to find all their info as well as you can actually listen in archive to all of our shows directly from the website as well so i will see you all again next week be blessed you know keep mining do what it is that you do and have faith you know in what it is that you do and what your spirits tell you Exactly. Till next week.